Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the latest Coleman Had a Dream podcast. I am joined on the road uh, by Ruth this week. How are you doing, Ruth? Good, good. I am somewhere in Wyoming, uh, having a bit of an adventure, but uh, we're, we're actually recording. For, and what, normally, when I talk about my truck, I'm talking about a pickup truck. We're now actually in a moving truck, so we are genuinely, genuinely recording from a truck for a change. Um, so yeah, anything could happen today, uh, ladies and gents. Uh, if we if we lose Ruth temporarily, we'll blame the uh, the the service in uh, in Wyoming. Um, we have a few things that I wanted to start with today before we go into the into the meat, if you like, of the podcast. Uh, the first thing was just to say some thank yous. Actually, um, over the last few weeks, um, whilst we've been away from podding, uh, we've released a load of new stuff on our website, ColemanHadADream.com, which has got a special section uh, for the World Cup on it. Um, through that, we've had a few people who supported us on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Coleman's Dream, which is really helpful to us and we massively appreciate. So thank you to everyone who's done that. Um, a big thank you also needs to go out to um, the people who've been writing for us and supporting us on the website as well. Uh, and excuse me if I forget anyone. I'm sure you will support me in this, Ruth, as my, my memory is famously not very good. But um, a big thank you to Stephen Baker, to Chris Price, to Ryan Jewell, uh, and to Andrew chalice as well who have uh, written a variety of different pieces for our website um if you want to go to commonhadadream.com you will see on there our world cup section where we've got lots and lots of different uh, writers and pieces and all sorts of different stories have i missed anyone out there ruth i think i'm good am i yeah i think we're good i think that's okay uh, can i just add my thanks while we're, we're talking about that really appreciate it I would also like to mention, whilst we're doing this, our new collaboration. I've tweeted uh, and, and shared on Instagram and Facebook a few different things about our upcoming collaboration, and that is with the fantastic clothes creator and designer and producer, Bagsy. Um, you can go to bagsybags.com and you can get 10% off anything you purchase with the code courtesy of Coleman's had a, Coleman had a dream Chad 10 for Coleman had a dream is the C-H-A-D and then the number 10 and you can get 10% off Bagsy has already told me today we've done a, a great deal for anyone who is interested in going there and purchasing something in the next couple of days the first five people who receive uh, who use sorry the Coleman had a dream Chad 10 discount code get a Amarohid bag free of charge with their order so if you go to bagsybags.com and you use the code chad10 for 10% off the first five people who use that code will get a free bag uh, an Amarohid bag from Bagsy which is great um we joined up with him it's an, he's an independent um clothes maker from the Ronda he's got jumpers bags t-shirts hoodies all sorts of different stuff uh, we really wanted to work with someone who was um, an independent person uh, promoting Welsh language stuff he's got loads of great stuff around the world cup as well the sons of speed t-shirt i'm a huge fan of and i'll be buying one of those very very soon so please go to bagsybags.com and support an independent person but also uh, help us as you go along the way as well so um, very very happy to be working with bagsy and uh, all the fantastic things that he creates um, that will be an ongoing part of our um our show if you like moving forward um i think i've done enough sales spiel um for, t <laughs> for today ruth um is there anything else you wanted to add or should we start actually talking about football for a change no no i think we should talk about some football is <laughs> you think you've done your housekeeping let's get to the i know football. i was quite happy with that actually that was I, I think i've only said um <laughs> 10 times which i'm quite proud of um there we go back again so we i don't know if anyone knows are playing in the world cup so uh, I thought it's only fair and right that we talk about the upcoming games. Um, we're going to obviously look at some of the games in, in kind of more depth where we've got interviews lined up with a, with a few different people, fans uh, or journalists of Iran, the USA and unfortunately England. But before we worry about that, we have got our own squad to look at. Now, unfortunately, Reese Norrington Davis has had to pull out of the squad through a hamstring injury, which is a big shame. I think that obviously opens up a space in the squad. So, Ruth, let's try and go through our squads. We've picked a 26 each. And mm -hmm. let's let's see how close we think we're going to be uh, to that to that 26. Um, the big question on goalkeepers, if you there were to be one, I assume you're taking Ward and Hennessy. Yep, taking Ward and Hennessy, and then I'm taking Adam Davies as my third. Okay, so we are three for three so far, Ruth. Happy with that. <laughs> I will agree with you there. Um, Defence, obviously, is a bit of an, a slightly more 
uncertain area, I think I would say, especially with Norrington Davis dropping out. Ruth, do you want to go through who you've got for your defenders? Okay, well, centrally, I would take, obviously, Rodden, Mepim, and Davies. And then, you see, I, w- I would have had Tom Lockyer involved in multiple re- recent squads and have him, in, you know, he would have been on my list. But I think the fact that he wasn't involved in September means he's not in Paige's consideration. So then I'm taking a bango, but it's a little mm, about that. And then aside from either side, I'd have obviously Roberts, Nico Williams. I'm going to, we can de- debate where we position Ampadu, but he obviously comes into this list. Gunter. Uh, so those are your central, right? So you're you're kind of including Gunter in that. Well, if we squad, if we do if we do it centrally, you'd probably it'd be Rodden, Mepham, Davies, Cabango, and then Gunter can kind of float, can't he? And then Ampadu, depending on where you're positioning him. So on that basis, I've got six, but I think Ampadu and Gunter are so so sort of versatile. You whether we ultimately see them as central D, I, I think is debatable. Yeah, I think that's I think that's that's about fair. Um, I have obviously gone with all of those same ones. I suppose the 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 other alternatives there are going to be the wing backs. Predictably, I've gone for for Connor Roberts and Nico Williams. Um, the other two, obviously, Norrington Davis poses an interesting change there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would take Wes Burns and Sorba Thomas. Yeah, me too. I hate this that we're agreeing so much. I think the reality uh, Burns, of this... Burns go on. especially is my... It was probably this be my last slot of the 26. I don't think he would be going if Norrington Davis was fit. Uh, but I think that I think there's some versatility that might be useful. So, yeah, he makes my 26, given the current permutations with injury. The I, I'm in full agreement. The only kind of tweak to that I could potentially see would be... James Lawrence. Now I say that because he was in mm-hmm. in the camps at the start, and yep. Norrington Davis is a left footer who he does like to play on the back of on the left hand side of that three. So were Ben Davis to get injured, I don't know that there's a kind of natural left footer replacement there. So yeah, he he was the only one that I would wonder there whether, and that would mean that Wes Burns would miss out. I wonder because Gunter can play as a fullback, Zorba can play as a fullback. So then that kind of between them all they've kind of managed those places that's the only thing i can see in a way which means that they end up gaining a a space sort of thing for for someone else but that was the only kind of alternative i could see there which would see burns missing out yeah i mean i can i can see a case for lawrence i I think the the situation is rather like it is with lockyer i think i think that sort of ship has sailed a little bit and i don't think that's a good thing um but i think in terms of a restricted twenty, obviously for the World Cup. I don't think he's involved. Yeah, I, I would agree with that as well. Uh, it's a shame, really, but it is what it is. And he's obviously not been in the squad, so that's there's obviously something that's happened there. Um, so I assume, yeah, we said we're taking Wes Burns and Sorba. Um, obviously, you mentioned Ampadu there. So I suppose we're onto the midfielders. And again, I feel like there's not actually going to be that many surprises as we go through. Um, I'm assuming we've gone for Alan Morell. And Ramsey as our midfield three, if we if we avoid the argument about our our formation. Um, yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm sort of positioning Ampadu more there than in the D, but yeah, so we can add Alan Morrell and Ramsey, and um, I think the I think it then gets a bit more interesting. Um, but obviously, it depends quite how you consider Wilson's positioning as to whether he's on the list at this point. But I would be taking both. Smith and Levitt, I think, given given the concerns about Allen and the fact also that there's every possibility that Ampadu might end up having to play central D if, if you've got an injury there. So I want a bit more uh, defensive midfield coverage than, coverage than I might otherwise take. Yeah, I would agree I, for the same reasons as well. I, I did consider whether taking one of Levitt or Smith, mm-hmm. but then with a the situation with Allen, as you say, that kind of means there's an extra need in there. My my only other worry with all of this is that we I do wonder if we have too many players which are who can who are decent to play in more than one position, which 
makes it yeah. seem like we've got lots of depth and versatility. But if you get two people injured in the same position, for example, then th- that person can't play. In, can't, yeah, they can't play in both <laughs> positions, can they? Um, so yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, like, that... I'm, like I mean, Ampadu would my, be my concern. There is, you know, you can't you can't do both jobs. Exactly. Um, and I think the situation with Alan is so is so concerning at the minute. The latest comments from Page were interesting. Perhaps we'll come back to that. Um, but the, I, I, you know, I'm not hopeful, and I think Ampadu would also be your first sort of first reserve if there was a problem with a back three of Rodden, Meppham, and Davies. And so, I agree. I think we might be. I, I think it's the same situation that we discovered we've discussed before, Dave, where we we basically have starting fourteen, as it were. Yeah. And then it does get a bit mm, after that. Yeah, I agree. I I think what's difficult as well is a lot of the squad not difficult but the thing is a lot of the squad does kind of tend to pick itself to a certain extent with that especially based on the thing that you know he said he's loyal to those but I do think there are a few kind of spares in there who I'm not sure how kind of loyal he's been to them not in the sense that he's been anything negative to them just in the sense that obviously you know they've been kind of in and out so we'll get to them now I think because they're the more interesting ones if we you know there's no point arguing i'm assuming you're taking bale more uh james and johnson as well um yes <laughs> yes i think i'll manage that and we'll, should we have to put harry wilson in that group as well oh sorry yes and harry wilson he's uh he's got a spot on the plane um he's on the plane yeah <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll give him a gig um yeah so it becomes a little bit interesting i would say at this point I say interesting because we're now at a point where, for me, I've got a 26. And that 26, assuming we're going to go roughly down the same road here, means that either Rabi Matondo, Tyler Roberts, or Rubin Colwell miss out, is my rough math to this situation. So then I'm assuming... Oh, interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I'm assuming... You mean one of, the, one of the three misses out, you mean? Well, two of them, I think, unless I've done my maths wrong, which is not beyond the realms of possibility. Um, I'm assuming you're taking Johnny Williams. I am taking Johnny Williams. I think he falls into that category of uh, versatility, maybe questionably. Um, but, I mean, I think, ironically, we might have reached a stage with Bale's play we're asking Johnny to run at people and gain free kicks again, as he as he's done for us, you know, previously, might not be a bad tactic. Yeah. Um, given given uh, given what Bale can and can't do at the minute, you know. Yeah, I agree, and uh, and also I've just realised you were right. I've I've put uh, Tyler Roberts in twice, which is ironic because I personally wouldn't take him if it was up to me. Um, but there you go. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So. After that, and again, I'm in agreement with you there, uh, he scored on the weekend, I think twice Johnny scored on the weekend, which is great. Then I, on my list, I have Rabi Matondo, Tyler Roberts, and Ruben Colwell is what I is how I complete my list. Is that, are you the same there? You're taking all three of them. I don't think you've got room for all three of them. Have I done my maths wrong? This is going well, isn't it? Oh, I have done my maths wrong. I've got, I've got. You have to sacrifice one of them. I've got two number twelves. Oh, bloody hell, fire! <laughs> See, there's a there's a reason you're the brains behind this operation, Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> you're the brains, and I'm and I'm certainly not the looks. So I don't know what I'm bringing. Uh, yeah, you're right. I'm gonna, two of them have to miss out, don't they? Uh, for me, I think I would take Colwell. And I would take him for two reasons. One is he can play that kind of number 10 role and change a game. He can also play a little bit deeper in midfield. I also, and this is going to sound stupid, but I also trust him more in a whale shirt than I do Rabi Matondo. And I really have a soft spot for Rabi, but he's just not doing it. He just never seems to get there. And I, and I think his, his, time, his time is up. Um, in in terms of getting to this tournament, I, I just don't see it happening. So for me, I wouldn't take Rabi. I would take Colwell instead. He can play a bit deeper. He could probably play wide if you wanted him to. Um, I think he has a bit of versatility. He's young. He's he's just big, strong lad. So that would be my choice. So I would take Colwell instead of Rabi. Okay, and you're taking Tyler Roberts as well. Again, I wouldn't. I would take Bradshaw instead of Roberts. But I think that mm-hmm. I, I think he will be the, the Roberts will be the one who ends up going. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, ironically, I'm in agreement with you on the twin, ultimately on the 26. Um, I would sacrifice Matondo, unfortunately. I think there are some interesting people that aren't in the plane that might be if there were a couple more seats. Bradshaw, we've mentioned James Lawrence, Tom Lawrence. I don't think you can ignore the fact he's, you know, playing at the level he's playing at the minute. Lockyer, as we've mentioned, Matondo, Harris, I think is, you know, would be under consideration. Even Mark Harris. And then obviously Ollie Cooper is making a case at the minute for his inclusion. So I think there's a lot of players who perhaps never necessarily really felt they were going to get a place, but might have hoped they would get a place, um, who are, who are going to have a quiet month. Yeah. And, uh, Oh, shallow cheer up. Um, yeah, I, 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 I agree. It's to be honest, I'm, I'm less interested in, in let's say the Ollie Coopers of this world is, you know, I, I think, throwing someone into the mix like that is is just as we saw with Colwell for example at the Euros he never came on he didn't make there was there was <clears> there was no benefit to him being there in a playing sense I know I appreciate the argument yeah. elsewhere but there was no argument in being there in a playing sense so I I, I think given the tournament and the complexities of it I think everyone needs to be someone who can make an impact that would be the difference for me is Bradshaw has has had he's he's appeared in friendly squads previously he is scoring goals at a at a high level at the moment in the championship. I also don't think we had a fox in the box type player, which I think he is. And Ryan Jewell has made uh, a great article for us on our on our website about this, talking about uh, the case for uh, Bradshaw, if you like. Um, so he would be one change I would make. I wouldn't take Tyler Roberts. I don't think he's ever done it for Wales. I think we have a couple of number ten type players, and he would be the fourth one on the list for me. So I just don't see any any relevance in him being there. Which is very harsh, um, but I also think that's fair. So if it were me making changes, I would be taking Bradshaw just because it's something a bit different instead of Tyler Roberts. Yeah, I just don't think it's going to happen now. I mean, we've no, we've had lots of conversations previously, haven't we, that we don't seem to have a way to support support Moore's absence, whether it's with Jetcott or... You know, so and I don't. So I don't. I can't see it suddenly happening now either. You know. Yeah, I mean, the only other the the only other surprise I can see in all of this would be that someone like we mentioned there, Tom um, James Lawrence, gets in as cover for Norrington Davis. Um, I think mm. that would be the only change I could see. But then, who misses out from that would be the question. It might actually yeah. be Colwell because he's, you know, had a bit of, a, a, you know, a few injury worries, shall we say, in the in the last month or so. So he would be the one who could be at risk, if that's the right way to say it. Maybe Wes Burns because, mm-hmm. you know, he's another fullback who can't play on the inside. You need yeah. just the replacement on the inside is where you need. So that would be the other. I think those are the two for me that would be kind of at risk. Should he take, should he decide that he needs extra cover with someone like James Lawrence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's. I think in some respects the, the points are a little. Uh, I don't want to say mute because obviously getting yourself on a place in the World Cup is pretty serious. But I think there's a there's a, a raft of players there that we know are very very unlikely to get any playing time. Yeah, and uh, and I think that Paige will also sort of show some loyalty. I mean, I think that's why Guns is on the plane, for example. Um, so I. I I feel bad for Matondo because he also missed out on the Euros. Um, but I think, I think you know, it, he's he's uh, he's just not, as you said. I think he's just not showing it in it really has he? So yeah, and I think that I think that's the problem, isn't it? He's he's just not showing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think so. Let's just have a quick run through what we think it will be. I'm gonna correct me if I'm wrong at any point. I've corrected my numbers on my little sheet now. Um, so it will be Ward, Hennessy, Davis as the goalkeepers, Mepham, Rodden, Davis, uh, Ampadu, and Cabango as the central defenders, with wing backs or versatile players, should we say, being Zorba Thomas, Wes Burns, uh, Chris Gunter, Nico Williams, and Connor Roberts. Then in midfield, we're saying Alan Ramsey, Morell Smith, Wilson, Levitt, Johnny Williams, and then as our attackers, Bale, Moore, James, Johnson, um, Tyler Roberts, and Ruben Colwell is what we think will be the squad is. Yep. And uh, 
hopefully that means there's no more injuries between now and then. Oh God, I don't even want to start thinking about that, Ruth. It just the thought of it, the thought of it makes me sick. Um, I wrote a, a piece for our website on that, the injury kind of concerns, which maybe is a week out of date now, but I think the points are still valid uh, that I've made in there. So please do go and have a look at com and our World Cup section where you can see me talk about the injuries and, and, and panic slightly. Uh, speaking of panic slightly, Ruth, before we move on to another serious topic of talking about goalkeepers, I, did, I don't know if you saw, but I did have a, a mild heart attack uh, on the weekend. Um, which I've managed to recover from. But can you say you don't? I saw when I'm the one that put it on the website. I know, I'm trying to. I'm trying to trying to create a bit of a story here, a bit of drama. Ruth, go with me. Go with me. Christ alive. Um, yeah. I. Uh, okay. You did see. You ruined that. Well done. Um, yeah. So for those of you who did see, which is obviously Ruth as well. Um, I. Uh, I got an email from FIFA on the weekend saying uh, you are no longer able to attend this match about the Wales USA game. Uh, which obviously was not the news I wanted. So I've written a little piece about that as well. Um, honestly, I can't explain to you, Ruth, the feeling, having spent all this money, booked time off work, all the other stuff, to have a, a thing that says you're no longer able to attend this. But I cannot explain to you that feeling uh, which went along with that, I'll be honest. Yeah, I mean, I... I... I, I, I think I dipped in that of your your original tweets and this sort of thing and, re, and realised, you know, something was going on. It wasn't until I saw the photo you shared with me of your email where it literally says, you you know, you can't go to this game. And I'm like, and I'm sure, I'm, I mean, you should explain to people what, you know, how it was resolved. But to word an email like that, when what had actually happened was it, it, it just gone back to the person that was... Is your sort of link person, and and it was just re- needed reactivating. I mean, and even if FIFA had said, you know, you've missed this step, it's okay. Your tickets with this person, just make sure you get hold of it, which is actually what needed to happen. And instead, they phrase it like that. It's unbelievable, unbelievable that they do that to people. Honestly, I honestly, I was absolutely heartbroken. So yeah, my mate had sent me the ticket. I went away for the week. Uh, my wife and he'd sent me the ticket on the Tuesday which is the day we were traveling so I just thought I'll sort this out another time it doesn't matter you have to kind of once someone emails you your ticket you have to send like a link uh, click a link sorry uh, and then that kind of uploads your ticket onto your app and um, so I just didn't click the link the, I've had the link I thought it'll be fine so sat down you know having a nice little coffee somewhere in uh, on Lake Garda and my phone pings and I was like oh it's from FIFA this will be nice um, a little reminder that we're going to the World Cup and uh, and they sent that email the screen shot of which you can see in the article i shit my pants um and i just like you say i just don't know why it didn't say you know it's going to be fine though just contact your mate and he'll sort it out like yeah because then if i i I emailed fifa i was going through their website which can't be helping anyone like it was just a million different things and if they just added one extra sentence on there all of that goes away so if you get an email Mm -hmm. ladies and gents that says you're not going to the world cup you probably still are um don't worry yourself um Ruth, we need to talk about goalkeepers, and I feel like we do this and we zip back and forth <laughs> on a on a monthly basis. But um, I do think it's a conversation that needs to be had. I was all up for Hennessy starting. Ward had an iffy start to the season and wasn't really producing much for Leicester. In fact, you could say he was actively not playing well for Leicester. Um, in the last kind of month or so, that has really, really changed. Um, he has kept four clean sheets this season. Um, and they've been in his last six games, which I think is is pretty impressive. Um, do we need to look at the fact that actually, you know, a, a player playing well in the Premier League every week, regardless of the loyalty and in inverted commas that Rob Page feels, uh, is, is making a pretty unarguable case to start that match? It's, yes, I think if you were looking just at form who's playing in the league, who's, as we said, who's informed, who's playing well at the minute, then there is a question that it should be Ward starting. Um, I just think, particularly with what happened in September, I just I just think it's Hennessy's... I think Paige is going to play the loyalty card with Hennessy. And in fairness to Hennessy, he's shown he can go into games cold and play incredibly well. We saw what happened when we played Ukraine. So it doesn't make me... I'm not losing sleep about that. Let's put it like that. Um, I think 
you can make a case for either of them. You can make a case for Ward based on how he's playing at the moment. And then you can you can make a case for, for Wayne in the in the sense that it's kind of his shirt, as it were. But I think the um I think ultimately Paige is probably gonna stick with Hennessy. I mean, I think you might be right. And and I suppose we are not in a position to kind of argue about his, his decisions because he's done he's got he keeps getting these decisions right. What I will say is, is that I, if this was anyone else, if this wasn't a goalkeeper position, if this was anyone else that was a Premier League player playing well in form week in, week out of the minute, and they didn't start the game, there would be absolute howls of derision, and, and, and rightly so. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's funny, isn't it, that we've, we, we seem to, not just us, but Wales fans in general, keep going kind of back and forth on this. Um, and it's I keep going back and forth on it, and you know when they were when neither of them were playing, it becomes an easy conversation to have, doesn't it? But when one is and one isn't, uh, to me that should be the end of the conversation. So I'm going to go a full 180, Ruth, and I never thought I would say this, but I think Ward will be the one that starts. Just I just think he has to uh, as as an is an informed player in a key position. I just and he's proved he can do it in a tournament. He did it. He's done it in both Euros, in fact. Um, I I appreciate Wayne got the games done in against U, um, Ukraine and Austria, but I don't know. I I think he's the informed player, and Hennessy hasn't played. Uh, for me, I, I just think that has to be the decision. And and I thought I never thought I'd be the one saying that. I don't, I, I I think actually I don't disagree. I think if it was just a form decision. You'd be playing Ward. I just think there's more going on here, and I think also to your Point out a play, you know, like the in the Premiership. If um, if it, if it was an outfield, one of the outfield ten, I think that's a more valid argument. I think it's. I think you can kind of. Uh, I think for goalkeepers, it's not doesn't have quite that urgency and potency it would for say a striker. Uh, but I do think. I do think you know. Ward's, he's got momentum. He's going to be in such a better place than he was in September. You know, you can't. You, it's almost like, well, what do you have? What you know? What do you have to do for him not to start? What do, what has to happen for him not to not to pull on the shirt under under the circumstances you're describing? So, I think my view is if you bring it on form, it's war. It should be Ward's place, but I don't think that's what will happen. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right, but uh, yeah, it's an interesting one as we as we approach that as we approach that first game. Um, obviously, there's there's a lot going on on the pitch, uh, which is exciting. I I wondered uh, this is a a snap decision to add this, Ruth, but I wondered if you'd seen the uh, the new kind of training wear, if you like, that has been released today. Yeah, I, I saw the email. Um, I think it, you know it might have been nice. If one of the three. Of them. That's mild. <laughs> Excited <laughs> about their new training work. Um, and it's, it's a bit, it's another little ordinary, I think, to be honest. I quite like the two tone red in the one that Morel's wearing in the shots. But other than that, it's. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just think the yeah, big shame for, the big shame for me is is that from what I've seen, a load of other Adidas countries have got a huge variety of different stuff, including jackets and warm up shirts and all this other stuff. Yeah, and we've basically got the exact same stuff we had before with a slightly rejigged color scheme. I just I don't know, and I, I, I to be honest, I don't think it's the FAW's fault. I think they just get what they're given from Adidas, so I, I don't kind of point any finger at them per se. But I, I I do think it's a shame, and I do think they you know maybe they could have pushed more. I also wonder if, and this is a a separate thing, this kind of tied to it. But I I do wonder if I do wonder if the shirts actually aren't selling that well, just the actual matte shirts. And I do wonder if that's part of it because there's, you know, there's not a kind of been a huge clamour for them, I, I, I don't think, since they've originally come out. Um, and they they don't kind of seem to reproduce things very often. There's not kind of a, a full stock in places or or whatever. So I, I do wonder if that's part of it. They really just don't think they'll sell them, which is why 
they ha- they haven't made them. I don't because like if I'm honest, I- I'm not going to buy the ones that they've got out now. You know, the the black and the red jumpers. I'm not going to buy them. Maybe the, yeah. po- the maybe the polo yeah. shirt, but I mean, not really. No, I would agree. I think um, I think the anthem jacket is an unfortunate miss because I think that's something a little bit different that we you know would immediately kind of scream up to us. I think that might. You know that might have been a decent seller, actually. I think it's a real pity we haven't got got one of those that's inter- an interesting design. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a bit of a shame, but but there you go. It is what it is. I suppose the uh, the key is that we're there. Um, one other thing that I wanted to to reference with you, Ruth, was that the LBGTQ fan groups officially boycotted the World Cup this week, and. I don't know if you saw, but a prominent Qatari journalist uh, or blogger, I think, uh, called Abdullah Al-Amadi, claimed that he was glad that these groups of troublemakers, is what he called um, the LBGTQ um, community, weren't going to attend. He didn't want troublemakers at the tournament. It's, It's not a great... Look, I don't know how else to word that, and I still know that's not good enough, but do you know what I mean? Uh, the, the fact that Qatar haven't come out and have been kind of prominently vocal on these sort of issues is is make it makes me feel uncomfortable anyway. But the fact that you've got prominent people—I mean, this guy's got sixty thousand followers on Twitter—he's coming out and saying these things. It it really doesn't sit well, does it? I certainly agree, Dave. I mean, I think obviously this, the decision had been made by the um, LBGTQ groups, but I think. And, and then hence the rest of us should be supporting what they feel is the best course of action. I think it, it, it's horrible that we're in a situation where something that should be a celebration of footballers put people in a position where they feel that that's necessary. And that was clearly always going to be the, always going to be an issue and always going to be a concern when the venue was chosen. Um, I thought the Southall actually had some really interesting comments about this when he was he was asked about his opinion and he he was pressing for kind of transparency around the awarding process so that if a, if fifa are not asking questions about inclusivity or workers rights or ticket access or whatever it might be it's not part of the application process then there is something wrong with the application process. So either there is something wrong with the application process and those questions weren't asked, which I suspect is what was going on, or FIFA were given answers which are blatantly not being delivered, which is wrong. So the whole, this whole situation stems, I think, from FIFA's kind of money-grabbing approach. I'm not stating anything that people aren't aware of here. And I, and I think there have been compromises made around this World Cup through FIFA compromises around this World Cup that they're going to have to live with and I think there are questions that need to be pressed going forward in a host of a host of uh, uh, aspects of how countries are given given these tournaments yeah, I agree. And I think what's difficult is that they probably, well, like they almost certainly knew all of this stuff anyway and just cracked on because ultimately people will get in brown envelopes full of cash. And that, that, that's, the, that's the crux of it. I, I think the thing that is going around this now is I feel like there's like a new thing every day. Uh, I saw quite a worrying clip on Twitter from a, from a radio show uh, yesterday talking about how the app that you need to download from uh, Qatar basically can access your entire phone, um, including making calls on your behalf without your permission. Um, like there's some kind of worrying things in there. So then, you know, do we need to? Do I need to get a, a different phone or a burner phone? As we're saying, there's a lot of worrying things, and I appreciate whether I need to get a burner phone or not is not on the same page in terms of, you know, the the morally concerning issues regarding um, sexuality or workers' rights and and those sorts of kind of big things. But it does again raise questions just in general about how, about how the whole process is 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 good, and it's. I find it difficult because I'm someone who, you know, I I, I care about these things in a, you know, in a, in a world non, not just football related, obviously being someone who works around young people every day as, as a teacher, then, you know, 
as as you know, your your eyes are open to these things in a lots of different ways, and it's an impossible not to not to care about these things and 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 be you know impacted by things that the kids do and and things that happen in people's lives on a, on a daily basis. It does kind of make certain aspects of this, you know, the fact that, you know, for example, I'm spending a large amount of money to go here, you know, it, it does make me feel uncomfortable. And it's difficult sometimes to segregate the football from the from the situation, if that's the right way to word it. It is just incredibly sad that the whole situation has, has kind of actually is framed in this moral framework isn't it that you're you know you're going to the world cup Wales are qualified you want to go you should be able to go and enjoy the joy of it actually you're faced with moral like this called moral backdrop to your actions there are people who have decided not to go because of where this falls on their kind of personal morals you know moral environment and it's it's none of it is right none of it is wrong <laughs> it it's just it's, it's just we shouldn't be in an environment where that's people are having to face this. People should be able to enjoy this football because it's football. And I'm not, again, I'm not one of these kind of head-in-the-sand people who doesn't want to see the World Cup ever being held anywhere outside Europe or South America. I don't think that's right either. But if a country isn't ready to hold the World Cup as the World Cup should be held, then they shouldn't be hosting it. I, I mean, I, I agree. And it, it just, it, it forms a wider conversation, I think, because yeah. I, I do think it's easy for us to say these things now. And I think it's easy for people to say things to me, which I've had about my football club, as well as as, as well as supporting Wales yeah. in, in, in Qatar, is that like, I'm going to Qatar, I'm therefore a homophobe. I'm a Newcastle fan, I therefore support Saudi Arabian people killing journalists like i i think what's really important about all of these things is that none of this is a is a black and white argument everything is so yeah. is so nuanced in this Shearer agrees and and i think unfortunately the a lot of the importance of the issues gets lost i think sometimes in the way that people discuss them and i think when you, are, yeah. when, you when you when you do something in quite a divisive way pro- probably quite intentionally divisive it 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 belittles the actual significance of the argument if that if that makes sense and i think that you know and again i'm not making excuses for anyone here i want to be crystal clear i am dead against all of this i do think it's also worth not being too you know this is not the first time this has happened is my point be it the olympics or the world cup where they where they've gone to a country where there's questionable leadership in place i mean yeah. you know let's 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 not get you know Again, I'm being quite black and white intentionally, I suppose now. But you know, Hitler had the world had the Olympics in 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 Germany in 1936, I think it was. You know, bad people have run countries and still hosted sports tournaments for for time forever. So I also don't think, I think this is just a a clear systemic problem, perhaps in in these organisations where. They talk a lot about football and, and, and politics not mixing. And, and unfortunately, FIFA, for example, are taking this to the nth degree on the premise that they obviously are going to make a shitload of cash out of it. So I, I think it's it's just such a... The, my point, I, I guess, is that this is such a complex process and structure and circumstance and situation. You could find fault in any country hosting any tournament of anything if you if you really wanted yeah. to. And again, that's not to excuse this and this is to say this is okay. But I also do think that you know, calling people as I've been called homophobes for, for for still going and not caring about workers' rights and all that is, I I do think there's a it's much more nuanced and, and black and white, uh, not so black and white than that. Yeah, I mean, I think as, as I was saying before, these these have to be people's individual decisions. I I feel for the people who have decided they can't, and I'm I'm kind of in that. I mean, I don't think I could have gone financially, but I would not have gone as a woman. To, to that environment because I know I wouldn't have been able to support my team in the way I would have wanted to. Um, and so the, I think everybody's decision has to be everybody's individual decision and the important thing is that we back each other yeah. with what those decisions are. Yeah. I agree, I agree. Um, obviously that's serious talk there and I, and I don't want to brush over that, so to speak. Um, 
but I, I, I do think we need to be positive because it is going to be a fantastic experience either for, for those of us who are fortunate enough to be able to go or for, for everyone watching at home or for people watching all around the world. I just wondered how you're feeling. I'm, ex- I'm especially about the, the USA game because I feel like, you know, Wales never played the USA when we lived there. Um, obviously, certainly not in a game of, of this magnitude. So I, I mean, I, I'm interested to know how you feel and what, what your plan is for the, for the USA game if you've, if you've got a plan because I know you're kind of very mobile at the moment. I haven't got the specific plan yet. I'll probably be going down into Eugene. There's a couple of uh, good football, soccer uh, bars down in Eugene. Uh, I think that's the most likely destination. You can see interest starting to build. Um, I was up in Portland about a week ago, um, and a couple of the pubs there, there was, you know, World Cup things in the posters. There was a little bracket with a, you know, a red dragon in the corner. I got very excited that we, you know, we were in a bracket. Um, so you can see you, and I think I think I'm fortunate. The West Coast is about as you know interested in soccer as it gets in the U.S. Um, and there's you know there there is definitely interest here. I mean, it's not at the level of what you, what folks in Wales will be experiencing, but there's odd bits on the telly. There's a few adverts coming. They're they're very American centered, but it's there. No nonetheless so there was a, a recent fox advert i watched that you know kind of turned the american football team into superheroes and but it actually ended with reminding people that their first game is against us i thought okay that's all right i can live with that um so it's it's here but it's a, it's a sort of bubbling away level i suppose yeah i mean it's it'll be exciting i'd imagine interesting to watch it in in the u.s given yeah. Given obviously that you're supporting the other team, and I can't imagine there are going to be too many too, too many Wales fans around there either. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I I I I, uh, I don't know. It'll be quite interesting. In a way, I kind of uh, obviously I'm glad I'm going, but I do kind of it would have been interesting after all those years of being there and the people we've known and whatever else yeah. to to have been able to watch it with those people. I think would have been quite cool. But there you go. Um, I'm I'm not heartbroken. Um, that I'm going to the game. I, it's I I, I I think it's an interesting one. I mean, I don't want to go too far down this road because we're going to do this in 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 a bit more detail the next time we talk, hopefully. But I'm also interested to see how how you know what you think the kind of perception of how Wales will do is not just for you but also over there because obviously the you know we've seen I think it was Stuart Holden said a couple of couple of things you know he sees Wales as the weakest team in the group and you know he he's he thinks it'll kind of be easy pickings is that a kind of generally held view or you know is that is that how you think or how, how do you think we'll do I think, or? I think there are some commentators who who are always going to talk up the US and talk down everybody else without any kind of realism as it were and then there are other commentators who who I'll, I'll be in sort of more circumspect. We're, we're actually in a pretty... The, the group overall is a tough group. We, we've got the average, the, the highest um, average ranking of any of the groups. There isn't there isn't an obvious sort of minnow, in inverted commas, in our group. Um, I don't think the Iranians are to be underestimated by, by any means. The US run hot and cold, for that matter. England run hot and cold. It's, it's a group where we could win all our games, we could lose all our games. And I think... That is probably the state of play for all of the teams. Um, but, yeah, the, U- the U.S. commentators, um, I was reading an interesting article, for example, where, where they sort of felt that we were a little over the hill, that we had some unpredictable players, that Daniel James was a liability, you know, those sorts of things. But... I think that's as much about kind of sling this to an American audience as a this is something we can be successful in, come and join the journey. Right. And I think to draw in that wider audience here in the US, you need to go in, but this is something we can successful be successful in sort of premise, accurate or otherwise. You know, it's like to get people in the door, to get them interested. Yeah. The, the people who follow follow football here have got a much more nuanced understanding of that and understand international football far better and, and you know, appreci- appreciate uh, the level that they're going into. But I think for the wider audience, um, it needs to be a bit more of that 
you know, we're, we are we have a chance in this tournament, come on the journey. Right. I think they have to start from that framework. Uh, the timing is interesting. The, 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 the first game with us is the Monday of Thanksgiving week. Um, and then, you know, it's sort of over the Thanksgiving weekend. As go. So it'd be interesting to see what the viewing figures are like uh, because of pulling people in in those, in those time frames, you know? Yeah, it's interesting actually because obviously I'm going. I, I I land back on the Tuesday afternoon, and our friends, uh, our friend Carly, her and her parents uh, are coming to us for Thanksgiving this year, which is very exciting. Coming over to the Netherlands, um, and I'm going to watch the Wales Iran game with them on a Friday morning, um, which I'm which I'm very very excited about. They are they're all Welsh uh, at heart. I think it's safe to say. <laughs> Uh, we've, we've bullied them into that over the years, Ruth. Um, Carly has also told me, I was going to say, hopefully no one will tell her, but in no world is, is Carly's mum going to listen to this. But um, Carly, they, they've also they've all clubbed together to buy Carly's mum the Wales shirt as well because she hasn't got any Wales kit. Um, so right. uh, on uh, on the morning of the game, uh, Coco is going to be presented with a, with a Wales shirt, <laughs> uh, which is very nice. Um, so that's great. Yeah, I, 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 it's an interesting one. I think the, the USA game, I would take a point in that right now, I think. Um, mm-hmm. especially given our kind of injury concerns, uh, a bit of uncertainty. I think we have to have to win the Iran game. I know they're not minnows in inverted commas, but it's certainly a, a winnable game. And I think that with the the capabilities, I, I would say, that we have, I think we have enough to beat them. And I think you know, their thing is, you know, scoring one goal and defending a lead, which, you know, is not dissimilar to our modus operandi, <laughs> I would say. So that's going to be a, a quite a dull game, I would imagine. But I think, you know, we, we, yeah. we, we have to win that. And then you're going into the England game with four points. You're saying that's probably enough to get out of the group and, you know, maybe nick a point off England, get five points. That's definitely enough to take us through. I, I, I think that that's more than enough. I, and, and for what it's worth, you know... I don't want to say this too loud, but I think if we're ever going to overcome England in a tournament, or when was the last time we beat them? Was it 1984? Was it? <laughs> I know, I was there. Um, to make to make you feel old, Ruth, that was the year I was born. Um, so, um, you know, I, I think if we are ever going to do that, you know, in a tournament, and and the first time in I can do the maths 38 years, then I, I think now's the chance. They're on a downward trend I think I think there's confusion about who their best players are I think their best defensive players aren't really that good Cody you know there's only one of them and I'm not just meaning this in a biased way that Kieran Trippier who's probably their in an informed defender you know they're holding player Declan Rice I, I, don't, I don't really fancy him much if I'm honest um you know the, the only kind of they've they got some threatening attacking players in Foden and Kane but I, I don't think they're you know certainly you know Harry Kane, you know, is, is doing okay this season. He's certainly not in the form of his life as he has been previously going into tournaments. So there's definitely a, a gettable element to England in this in this tournament, I think, for us. But I think if we get four points, five points, five points definitely sees us out of the group, obviously. But, you know, four points going into that England game, phew, I tell you what, that'll be, uh, that'll be some occasion, won't it? So... I think that's what I'm aiming for. I think if we score a goal in the USA game, you know, from my personal perspective of going, I, that's that that's my goal. Singing the anthem and seeing a score is is what I want. Um, but it's going to be close, and like you say, it's a very tight group. I, in a lot of ways, I actually liken it to the the group for the Euros because the Swiss were kind of an underrated team, um, and actually quite you know a proficient, talented team, especially going forward. Um, I think Turkey again. I know we beat them, but they were very un. They were a very unpredictable team. There was a lot of people who were calling them their kind of dark horses to win the tournament, um, and obviously ourselves, um, and obviously the Italians, a big team as as England are in this group. So I do think there's a lot of similarities in that. We kind of scraped our way through that and came out. And I, and I do think, and I'm not for a minute suggesting we're going to win the World Cup, but we're going to win the World Cup because <laughs> you know, you know I, I think once you get out with a group. And we showed that in the Euros in 2016. Denmark showed it in the last Euros. Once you get out with a group, anything can happen. You know, the Czechs went mm-hmm. far. They beat the French. You know, the, the the Swiss did well. You know, this, and I appreciate it's the Euros. But I, I do think if we were to get out with a group, you know, avoided the Dutch in the last 16, you maybe can nick through against the Senegal lads into the quarterfinal. You just never know then, do you? And again, I'm not suggesting for a minute we're going to go and win it, but I think it's going to be a hard group to get out of. But if you do get out of that group, if we do get out of it, I do really think there's a real opportunity there to 
to do something in a tournament. There's some hard teams knocking about, but on our side of the draw, the the French and the Argentinians are the are the hardest. Again, I you know we're in this fortunate position where you know I, I'm not saying we're better than them, but there's also not that too many teams that proper scare me these days. I think France would be probably one of them, but there's not too many teams that proper scare me, and I think that is just a a sign of how far we've come really, and and what we're what we what we think we're capable of doing, which is half the battle. Yeah, I'm st- I'm still at the stage where I'm, I'm pinching myself that we're there. I don't think mentally I've quite got to the the stage where I'm like nuancing the navigating of the groups and worrying about potential future opponents and all that. Do you know what I mean? I think I'm just like I'm just trying to breathe and enjoy that we're there right at the minute. Yeah, that makes sense, and and I hope that hope that kind of the the enjoyment and the freedom of that kind of continues for everyone because that's you know that's what yeah. it's all about, isn't it? We've waited a long enough time for this. Um, so I think it's only fair that we uh, we enjoy it and worry about the outcome another time. Um, is there is there anything else you wanted to add, Ruth, before we wrap up? No, I think we're good. Um, I'll just add my thanks to the guys that have been writing for the website. Really appreciate the efforts and the time that they're putting into that. Particularly at the minute when I'm literally in a truck driving across the United States. <laughs> so <laughs> it's really helpful. Well, there you go. And also, obviously, thanks to Ruth for, uh, for sorting out with this and uh, and uh, uh, being our uh, technical support was the word I was going to say, but that feels somehow offensive. Not what I was aiming for, Ruth, but uh, <laughs> I'm complimenting you nevertheless. Um, uh, also, just one more reminder, if you want to support us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Coleman's Dream, please do. And lastly, big thanks again to Bags bags.com for supporting us uh, getting on board with us and don't forget that if you go to bagsybags.com buy anything on his website with the code chad10 which gives you 10 percent off he will give the first five people who order a free bagsy's bag bag so that is bagsy's bag <laughs> i've never said bag so many times in my entire life and um, <laughs> if you go to bagsybags.com and use the code chad10 you will get 10% off. So please do that. And again, a big thanks uh, to Bagsy, uh, to Matthew for supporting us and getting on board. So there you go, ladies and gents. That is the end of this week's podcast. I think the next time we convene, we will be talking about the actual squad itself. We can actually start to look forward in some depth to to some of these games. And we have some interesting podcasts coming up with um, some Iranians, some Americans, and unfortunately, some English people as well um, to discuss those games. So, yeah, lots and lots to look forward to. And again, please go keep going to colmanhadadream.com and look at our World Cup coverage there as well. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for your time, Ruth. Thank you very much for Alan uh, for keeping relatively quiet in the background as well. Always a bonus. <laughs> He's doing his, doing his best. <laughs> I can imagine that has just been greeted with a middle finger. So uh, thank you very much, Al. Uh, and we will be in touch soon. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, and goodbye. Bye-bye.